0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years. That's the power of Pacific. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, November 17th. In today's news, Al Franken joins the ranks of those accused of sexual assault. Bob Menendez comes back from the political dead in New Jersey. And an oil spill in South Dakota may derail the construction of the Keystone XL pipeline. But first, the big idea. Love him or hate him for it, Scott Pruitt has done as much as anyone else in the executive branch to advance President Trump's goal of what Steve Bannon calls the deconstruction of the administrative state the head of the Environmental Protection Agency has worked overtime to roll back many of Barack Obama's proudest achievements, from the Clean Power Plan to regulations of wetlands, tighter emission standards for trucks, and bans on certain pesticides. During a half-hour interview on Wednesday, the 49-year-old said his goal is not just to fundamentally transform the EPA, but to
1: redefine what it means to be an environmentalist. And that's a key question, by the way. What is true environmentalism? And, and I think it's environmental stewardship and not prohibition. The, the last administration talked about just putting up fences. We're not going to use the natural resources to feed the world and power the world. I think that's wrong. I think our focus should be on using our natural resources with environmental stewardship in mind.
0: Pruitt offered a full-throated defense of his close ties to some of the industries that he regulates. He contends that this ultimately will make the air cleaner and the water safer to drink. Pruitt has been criticized for listening too much to trade groups and executives from chemical, agricultural, and fossil fuel companies and not the career scientists who work for him at the agency. Pruitt is adamant that his closeness with these groups is a strength, not a
1: conflict. I don't hang with polluters, I prosecute them. The agency historically has viewed all industry and all stakeholders as adversaries. And so when you have that kind of blanket approach, you don't achieve good things for the environment. In the interview, Pruitt
0: said that the EPA no longer promotes renewable energy over fossil fuels because that represents the federal government improperly picking winners and losers in the private sector. He noted that carbon dioxide emissions have declined and are now at pre nineteen ninety four levels.
1: And you don't think that's because of Democratic regulations? Or- I mean, Utah, I mean, I think it's clearly because of hydraulic fraction and horizontal drilling, the conversion to natural gas, and the generation of electricity. It's it's clearly not through government mandate. It was some innovation technology. And that's what we have to understand as a country.
0: Pruitt praised Donald Trump for showing, quote, great courage in his willingness to make politically unpopular decisions vis-a-vis the environment, specifically citing his withdrawal
1: from the Paris Climate Accord. The reason the rest of the world applauded America's participation and involvement in, in Paris and put so much pressure on this country to stay in is because it put us at a disadvantage economically. And it also didn't hold them accountable. It was a bad business deal. And the president of the United States did what was absolutely right. He put America's interests first, and it took tremendous courage and fortitude to do that. Pruitt has
0: developed a good personal rapport with the president, who he said is way more hands-on than outsiders understand. He said he loves spending time with him because he's always offering ideas. Pruitt said Trump has even passed along several thoughts on how to improve the government's approach to Superfund sites. I asked Pruitt why the environmental and scientific communities are so strongly critical of him and Trump if they're being as hard on bad actors as they claim. He said it's because it serves political ends. By one estimate, though, less than 1% of Pruitt's meetings have been with environmental groups. But he says he's willing to work with them if they'll engage in a constructive way.
1: They haven't been frozen out. This isn't a matter of not wanting to hear from stakeholders. It's a matter of, let's have a thoughtful dialogue. At times, James, I think, and that's one of the greatest challenges we have in the environmental space right now, in my view, is that we want to put on jerseys. People want to say, you're pro-environment, anti-jobs. Are you're, you pro-jobs and pro-growth and you're anti-environment? It doesn't have to be that way. That's a false choice. It's a false narrative.
0: In that vein, Pruitt said he's planning to launch two
1: initiatives
0: that environmentalists might want to partner with him on, cleaning up abandoned coal mines and declaring
1: A war on lead. It's one of our greatest challenges in this country, lead in our drinking water and the lead that that threatens Mm -hmm. mental acuity of children. I mean, it's a huge issue. I'm likely going to go to Congress next year. You know, uh, I'm probably going to announce a a, a very strong initiative on a war on lead. But as far as the left is concerned, especially environmental groups, Pruitt is
0: probably the most divisive EPA administrator since Ann Gorsuch, the mother of Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. She was the head of the EPA during Ronald Reagan's first term, and her portrait hangs in the corridor just outside Pruitt's office. His office itself is full of cool baseball memorabilia. He actually used to own and run a minor league Triple A team in Oklahoma called the Red Hawks before he got into politics. Pruitt has a bucket of autographed balls, several signed by Hall of Famers, in front of one of his two fireplaces. He's got two jerseys framed on the wall, and he has a signed Yogi Berra baseball card on his coffee table. Even though he settled in, though, he still sees himself as an outsider, you might say behind enemy lines. As the Attorney General of Oklahoma, Pruitt sued the EPA 14 times during the Obama administration. He challenged the legal authority of the agency he now runs to regulate everything from toxic mercury pollution and smog to carbon emissions. He made
1: clear during our interview that his views
0: have not changed.
1: I think the Supreme Court the last several years has been very, very um, purposeful about sending messages through decisions to say, look, that's not going to continue. Agencies in the executive branch need to enforce the law. They don't need to, to fill in the space that if, if Congress doesn't act. And that's the big idea.
0: Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Senator Al Franken, the Democrat from Minnesota, was accused of sexually assaulting a broadcaster and model while traveling overseas in 2006. Leanne Tweeden traveled with Franken on a USO trip to the Middle East before he was elected to the Senate. She wrote in an online essay that Franken forcibly kissed her and then groped her while she was sleeping on her flight home. The latter incident is captured in a photograph. Tweeden is the first to accuse a sitting member of Congress by name of sexual misconduct since the Harvey Weinstein scandal broke. The allegations coincide with charges that Alabama Republican Roy Moore made unwelcome sexual overtures to numerous women when they were teenagers. Moore continues to be defiant, and last night the Alabama Republican Party said it will continue to support his campaign. Number two, Senator Robert Menendez, a Democrat from New Jersey, declared himself back from the political dead on Thursday after his months-long bribery trial ended in a mistrial. Prosecutors say Menendez accepted lavish gifts from a doctor in exchange for intervening in a billing dispute that the doctor was having with Medicare, among other things. Menendez's jubilation may be short-lived. Justice Department officials say they'll review the case to decide whether to put him on trial again, and the Senate Ethics Committee is likely to explore the case now as well. Number three, the Keystone Pipeline Running from Canada across the Great Plains leaked Thursday, spilling about 210,000 gallons of oil outside the town of Amherst in northeast South Dakota. The spill comes just days before a crucial decision is to be made by the Public Service Commission in Nebraska over whether to grant a permit for a controversial new, long-delayed sister pipeline known as Keystone XL. The spill on the first Keystone Pipeline is the latest in a series of leaks that critics of the new pipeline say shows that TransCanada, which owns both pipelines, should not receive another permit. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, November 17th. You can read much more about my conversation with Scott Pruitt at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.